Hey, good evening, everybody. Well, I guess this is really it. My name is Drew. I'm an alcoholic. Uh, my sobriety date is January, uh, excuse me, June 5th. Oh, those are the nerves talking right there. June 5th, uh, 2021. And um, I'm very grateful to have been asked to speak here tonight. Um, so, you know, I brought a little cheat sheet because I'm probably not going to read it, but at least I'll know it's there. Um, like I said, I've been sober about 22 months now. And of course, that is not the first time I ever got sober or tried to get sober. Uh, in fact, I probably tried to get sober every weekend for the five or six years preceding that. Um, you remember when you were reading the big book and you got to a part that was like written for you, you know, just jumped right off the page. It's kind of freaky, kind of made you feel good in a weird way. That was like chapter three for me, um, you know, unwilling to admit that I was an alcoholic. Yeah. Uh huh. I had come to grips with that for a long time. I knew I was an alcoholic, but I was unwilling to admit I was an alcoholic. Um, thought that I was bodily and mentally different from my fellows. Wanted to be bodily and mentally different. Wanted to be like them, but different from how I was now. Uh, you know, we're like men who's lost their legs. They never grow new ones. I always thought that was kind of a weird line, but at the same time, I actually, I have a mom who lost her legs and she won't grow new ones. And I, I say that because it was actually a big part of my childhood. You know, of course it would be. My whole life, she'd been an amputee, disabled. Um, I had an alcoholic father. And so I had family secrets, right? I didn't want people to know all these things about me. Um, I wasn't embarrassed about them, but I didn't really want you to have anything that might make me mentally, bodily, socially, whatever, different. I didn't know how people might take it. And so I always kind of controlled that sort of um, getting to know me thing. And I have a friend here. He's in the room tonight. I want to say thanks to all my friends uh, who said hi to me today. I appreciate you so much. And one of these friends once talked about, you know, being a chameleon. When I heard that, I, I hadn't heard it phrased that way, but I thought, wow, that's really fitting because that's exactly how I felt. You know, I wasn't trying to lie to people or come off as different than I was as a kid or an adult. I just didn't want to be sort of seen because just in case that went sideways, that was something that I wanted to sort of protect myself from. So having said that, you know, as a child, I had a religious household, um, you know, of course, again, with an alcoholic father and a disabled mother, I'm sort of trying to manage these things, finally get to be a teenager, you know, let the fun begin, right? And I had this strict household. So my choices were basically break the rules and have fun and do all these things that I thought I wanted to do to fit in, um, to not feel ostracized or left out, or kind of toe the line. So what do you think I did? I broke all the rules, man. Um, I got into a lot of trouble. I got arrested for the first time when I was just, uh, I had just turned 18. I had just graduated college, uh, high school, excuse me, not that smart. Um, I had a truck I'd had for about, you know, four months. This was my graduation present because I don't think I got my license until I was 17 and I crashed it. Um, not a whole lot of other detail to say there other than it started at an early age. And what was funny to me was I hadn't really been drinking yet. I kind of was a late bloomer. I did smoke a lot of outside uh, green issues. You know, that was a part of my story for like 25 years, really. Uh, I won't say anything else about it other than that was a consistent thing throughout my teenage years, my adulthood. And here I was drinking, kind of cutting loose, having fun, fitting in. And boom, right away, I got arrested. And so that set me down a path where, you know, two years, a little more than two years, I didn't have a license. Uh, my parents had separated at that point. I was living in an apartment that my dad rented and he was kind of trying to patch it up with mom. 
And I was walking to Saddleback College. I was going to all my little court dates. And it was a hell of a two years. It was really tough. You know, I, I was feeling sorry for myself a lot of the time. I'm, you know, like 18, thinking I can't have a girlfriend. I can't do stuff because, you know, I got to walk here. I got to bus there. Um, and pretty soon I actually started to really feel good about myself. I got a lot of confidence from that. I thought, man, you know, this kind of sucks, but I'm doing it. You know, I'm staying in school. I don't know what I'm doing yet, but I'm, I'm on the path. It's got to be a good one. Um, you know, because I've gotten into trouble, it was not necessarily keeping me on the straight and narrow, but you know, I was, couldn't get too far. And so anyway, that kind of set this stage where for the next several years, I thought, man, I'm never going back to that. I'm never going to make those mistakes again. And uh, of course, what do you think happened, right? I got drunk in public like six years later. Um, but this time I was a lot smarter and I got a lawyer, you know, and I minimized those consequences. Um, same kind of thing, you know, thinking, all right, man, big mistake, feeling really awful. Now, at this point, I'm going to meetings, you know, because I'm court ordered. Um, I'd already been to the meetings for that first DUI. The classes, you know, I learned some good things, but pretty soon I was kind of like, you know, whatever, I'm going to get the box checked and never go back. So after the drunken public, it started to feel a little more serious. Uh, at that point, I was working in a hotel, five star, five diamond. I had to wear a suit every day and I, my eyes were all blood red because I'd been choked out by the cop, you know, and I, people are asking me what's going on. And so what I was seeing was this like contradiction between what I thought I was or who I wanted to be, who I wanted to project and have you get to know. And what was actually starting to happen in the background? Because, of course, if I only had been arrested those two times, that you know, wouldn't have really been enough. It was all the stuff I was not getting arrested for, all the things that were really starting to weigh me down. So anyway, just fast forward to the part where I got my last DUI, because you know, I wasn't done yet. And at that point, I'm working for a vodka company. So, you know, go figure, you have access to vodka 24 seven. It doesn't matter if you've been in trouble before, you're gonna find a way to, you know, cause I think I'm better than that. I think I'm above consequences, not gonna get caught. And I got arrested again. And, you know, it's funny because I had this feeling that like, man, you know, you're not very good at this thing. You, you keep getting right up to the part where you're, you know supposed to be getting ahead in life and you're setting yourself back and that was really, I think, illustrative of my feelings as an alcoholic, um, right up until the part where I quit for good back in uh, June of 2021. You know, building up, knocking it down, working so hard to get right back to square and then get ahead a little bit. And then I have fun, right? I cut loose, bam, I knock it down. And it was this madness. And I'm thinking, look, I, I know I'm an alcoholic, right? Because my dad was an alcoholic, and family and all of this. But then it came to the head when I crashed my bike. I'm in the hospital. I've got a punctured lung. And it's like, what the hell are you doing, man? My dad's got brain cancer at this point. I know he's going to die. And I'm thinking, I can't get out of this hospital. I can't get healthy. I can't take care of my parents if I'm drunk because I'll be hungover. I won't want to do it. I won't be able to actually balance all this. It's just too much pressure. And yet I was cognitively aware that I still like didn't have this ability on my own. Every time I try to quit, all those weekends, all the times I'd call my friends, dude, I'm done. I mean it. I'm done. And then something would get me back. I knew I couldn't do it on my own. And because of the court cards, because of friends in the program who have time, who were good examples, who made it attractive, I stopped thinking about AA as a place that I didn't want to be or as an alcoholic as something I didn't want to identify as because, you know, I thought, man, if you know I'm an alcoholic and I'm telling you I'm sober, you're going to, that's that thing where you're, I'm going to be outside the cool circle, right? I'm not going to be accepted. You're just going to know right on its face that, you know, I'm 
fucked up, right? And I didn't want that. And I, so I'm saying I got to this point where it didn't matter anymore. I was like, you know, appearances, what other people think, I'm gonna have to live with them thinking negatively, but me getting sober. This is now more important because if I don't do this, none of it else, you know, none of the rest of it's even gonna be there for me. So, um, you know, after the final stretch, my final bender, I mean, if I had 40 minutes, I'd tell you some fun details, but let's just say when it was all done, I woke up, I'd been gone for like three days. I don't know where, I, I mean, I know where I was, but I don't remember it, right? And I snapped out of it. I had pretty much put my job on the line. The boss knew, I mean, the, the jig was up. And uh, I went right back to that place where I knew I, I should go and I could go. And that was Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, incidentally, I came into this room, I think in about a week or two sober. And, um, you know, I was so grateful to know that, you know, hey, I'm in an area with a lot of fellowship and uh, I got hooked up with people that helped walk the steps with me. And now I've got a group of friends that are, um, you know, they're not sober because of me, but they're sober people that I'm friends with, that I know through AA. And it's really built this momentum where now being sober is awesome. I love it. I'm not just saying that. My life is cool. You know, it's still tough. Dad died. Mom's got cancer. Things are hard. They're going to get hard. Other stuff I don't know about is going to pop up. But being here, you know, if you're new, I'm telling you, you can always go back to the BS. You, know, you can get arrested again. It's fine if you really want to do that, but you don't have to. And, um, you know, we've got a big book of 12 steps that'll help keep you sober and a group of people that are going to make it worth your while. Ton of fun. So thank you for letting me be 10 minutes. I'm Drew. Have a great night.